If you would like to support the podcast and get some extra content while you're there, head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast and sign up. From the rewatch to the Q&A, we will have loads of content every week. So sign up, patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. And now, here's the podcast. Graham McDonald is an idiot. Sean Sheehan of severemma.com. He even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god. This is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome to the Severe MMA podcast. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 366 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean T. Sheehan, joined today by the Vinicius Jr. of Irish Mixed Martial Arts Media. What does a T stand for? Tosser, is it? <laughs> These fans were the Premier League. These fans are the Champions League. Maybe. Do you want either one of them? Have you heard of them recently, Graham? No? Yeah, I, m- I must congratulate you on the the Premier League as a Man City fan. You must be you must be very proud of having <laughs> yeah. bought another uh, I, provincial I, I, league. I'm actually a Man United fan. You know, we didn't win it. Liverpool didn't win it. So you're, you're a Man United fan. I've, yeah, got, yeah. I've got two or three years of uh, WhatsApp messages that would say otherwise. Oh yeah, is that it? But sure. Anyway, we're both losers, Graham. But in that nature, you had your open top bus guy. Uh, parade for the two cups that you actually don't want to win which you have said multiple times that you don't care about so that must have felt great to actually do that but anyway <laughs> it, it, you know it's, oh, it's so great yeah, it's, more, it's more than uh, your your old team your former club Man United will have to celebrate for for the coming years anyway I would never know we have a new manager now Frankie De Jong on his way in and everything uh, you'll, be, you'll, be, you'll be quitting football and jumping <laughs> over to Man City after five games like, like every season I could be I could be Anyway, before we get in, well, we're into the sports, I suppose. Before we get into the big martial arts, let me tell you this episode of the podcast is brought to us once again by our friends over at Manscaped. And gentlemen, Father's Day is just around the corner, and our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure that all the father figures out there are looking daddy material this June. Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0, which includes their signature lawnmower 4.0, is a perfect bundle to tackle any and all the old man hair from head to toe. This right here is no dad joke. Treat him and yourself and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SEVEREMMA at manscaped.com. Trust me, his dad bod will thank you. And myself and Graham, we've been using Manscaped for uh, ages. I was actually cleaning out my spare room the other day and found a couple of the uh, the old Manscaped boxers. Oh, you're going to so say you were cleaning yourself up. <laughs> you know, I was doing a bit of that too. Well, I, I found a couple of new pairs of Manscaped boxers I hadn't seen in a while. So I was like, oh, perfect. They're great for the summer now. And Manscaped is designed uh, with that in mind, with the summer in mind, but with Father's Day in mind as well. And the Performance Package 4.0 is here just in time for that special day. Inside the package, he'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 uh, trimmer, the weed whacker for his ear and nose here, which the owl lads off, off a nose, myself and Graham know now as well. Uh, the Crop Preserver Ball, the Odin, the Crop Reviver Toner, the Boxer Briefs, as I just mentioned, and the Travel Bag as well, which is uh, great for keeping everything inside it. Let's talk about the MVP of Father's Day first, the Lawnmower 4.0. It's the fourth gym. Uh, 
uh, generation um, advanced skin safe technology ceramic blade uh, lawnmower 4.0 it's waterproof 4000 400k LED uh, spotlight for an even more precise shave does your dad use the same trimmer for his body and face that's no good throw one of them out or throw board, which, you know, throw it out and get the one he deserves, you know. But wait, uh, there's more. And Manscaped just launched their new boxers, as I, as I mentioned. And they, and boxers 2.0, actually, just their new ones. Dare I say it, they're the best boxers ever. We all know dads love their comfort. With summer just around the corner, the boxers, boxers 2.0 are here to save every father from the uncomfortable heat. These new boxers are packed revolutionary. Features include the jewel pouch designed to cradle his boys. And our special space uh, right here is a game changer. Whether he's mowing the lawn, taking out the trash, or golfing in the sun, these moisture-wicking boxers breed a bra- without breaking sweat. Dads, buy this for yourself. Sons, buy this for your dad. Ladies, buy this for your old man. And dog daddies, you deserve this treat too. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code SEVEREMMA at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use that code SEVEREMMA. Shake what your mama gave you. Nah, Shake what your daddy gave you. I like that. Fair enough. That's that's very good. Now, Graham, um, it's been a couple of weeks since we, uh, we we talked MMA. We obviously had the State of the UFC last week. Myself and Spencer went through all that. If, if you haven't listened to that yet, uh, it was up for free here on uh, on the same place you're listening to this. And um, I, I suppose not much has changed in the world of, of MMA over those uh, those couple of weeks. Uh, we, yeah, rare week without the UFC. Indeed, which was, I suppose it's something we can just talk about here briefly before we actually get into the, the, the card we just watched tonight. We're, we're literally recording this right after the card so um it was it was my birthday last weekend, which was great as well. So I had a bit of time off, you know, to do a bit of celebrating and a bit of it was, dinner. It was and nice stuff. Uh, uh, the UFC to schedule it like it that. It was, you, wasn't it? You know? <laughs> Fair play to them for doing that. But it, it's, it worked out well. But also, I feel like it it, it revitalized a bit in in me. And and this maybe it might be different for fans of the sport who you know watch it on on a Saturday evening and that's it. Like it's not you know. Uh, consuming them all day, every day, all week, and stuff like you know, maybe also with, with soccer or wrestling yeah. or hard even or whatever people, it might be. even people that like you know they're pretty big fans, but they can miss a fight card here and there if they have an yeah. engagement or whatever. And a fight night, they're probably not going to miss much. They might catch up with the highlights or or watch watch the couple of fights that they've heard of the people in uh, back as well. So uh, yeah, for us, it's kind of a constant a constant thing. So yeah. And that, like, it felt before we we we, ha- we used to have weeks at a time off. You know, we'd have three weeks off, or we'd have two weeks off, and stuff. And and now it feels like we n- almost never have that time off with no cage, uh, Bellator, no UFC, no PFL. There was Cage Warriors last week, but they were both kind of very short cards. And Cage Warriors is kind of easy to consume or catch up if you didn't see them anyway. But I, I just felt like I, I went back and I, I actually like planned it to get a few days off, and then I did a couple of podcasts with Harry and Speakers Corner, which will be coming up. And it just felt revitalized, and it felt good, and it felt like we got some kind of cleaner work done there, and and better content. Not not to say the content we usually produce isn't good or anything like that, but I, I just felt like it was a little bit better. And that when you're when you're looking at it from our perspective, or maybe looking at it at the fans' perspective, consuming the content that we create, I, I feel like it's 
that bit of a break is kind of better for everyone because we will make better stuff and you will get better stuff if, if you want to put it like that and, and like uh, Dana White's even kind of said it in the past before I remember oh, we're back it's been two weeks without fight we're, we're raring to go and even the fans if it's a couple of weeks without the fights you're raring to go like us at the moment Grant, I'm sure we're kind of sick of watching soccer matches especially me considering I'm a Man United fan but like the few <laughs> weeks of a break now will be absolutely great and revitalise us and we'll come back and be raring to, to see him again in MMA it feels like there isn't that and even the short little break we get has helped but is it something my, myself and Harry were actually going to do a full speaker's corner on this uh, the other day but it actually delved into something completely different but is this something we kind of need more of and I know like it's it's never going to it's never going to end we're never going to ha- stop the over saturation we're never going to stop like cards after cards after cards but is it, is it something maybe we even need to do personally is kind of take more breaks and, and get away from <laughs> get away from the sport maybe a little bit yeah, probably probably a healthy a healthy way of doing it because the like once the UFC started putting on forty odd shows a week, we we said it at the time years a ago, a week, a, a year, it, but it feels like a week. Or sorry, <laughs> <laughs> one every week basically. <laughs> yeah, a year. Um, we said it at the time, even that you know once it goes like this, it's not going to go back. You know, uh, the UFC are making a lot of money. We've talked about the ESPN deal and all that stuff before, and it doesn't really matter to them they just want to pump out the the cards to fill the deal and get get their get get their um their contract fulfilled with ESPN and get their money so yeah i think the UFC aren't going to slow down so maybe it is uh, you know maybe every 3 or 4 months it will be wise for MMA media members who are kind of in the circus and following it day to day and covering it day day to day to to take a week or so off and kind of uh, just kind of, I don't know, not even look at it on your phone, even just kind of take a, a full-on break from it. And, you know, when, when there's not a UFC coming up, there isn't that much content, um, you know, on on Reddit or on... There's there's always something going on, but it's nothing too important that, you're, that you can't catch up on in a few days. So, yeah, I'd say, you know, for somebody like you, especially who's, you know, doing Sherdog, doing Severe MMA, doing the Patreon... You probably need to every three or four months just check out for for a weekend at least. Who who do you want to get in in front? Of? I've never missed an episode of this podcast. No one has ever like people have stepped in for you and people have stepped in for Andrew behind, but I've never missed one. Who who will get to step in for me, Graham? If I'm taking a weekend off, ah, I, sure, you're easily replaceable. Yeah. You get any any old any old bum off the street. Who was that guy they pulled off the street uh, to to fight? Uh, CM Punk in the gym, get that lad in. Mike Jackson, was, oh no, that lad, oh yeah, Jesus, uh, yeah, he, he do the, he do the job. He Un- the unnamed job. man, up the Un- unnamed man, out there. CM Punk gave him a good old bit, although he didn't give him that much of a beating, though. No, Jesus. but he, he he edged it around, so like, that was good. Enough. Is that where is that documentary? Is it? I think it was Fox, was it? Maybe I wonder is it on UFC Fight Pass? I'd love to watch that again. That was, was it not on YouTube? Or no, maybe, maybe it was. Like, maybe actually, personality or something. Oh like yeah, it was. Yeah, what a great song though. Poor old CM Punk. See, he broke. I think he broke his foot. Last night he just became the uh, the AEW champion and he's injured and he's, oh, he's wrestling again. Is he, yeah. yeah, he's doing really well. He's the, the champion over in AEW, so he's doing uh, he's doing good stuff for them. But unfortunately, he's getting a bit older now. And he he actually, do you know, he like went to like do a hop off the top rope 
and his foot like slipped on the wet rope and it must have broken like a metatarsal or something. It looked fairly nasty to be honest. So wish CM Punk, you know, wish him the best and uh, and fair play to him. Anyway, let's uh actually did you catch much of Cage Warriors last week? I know that Andy and Ian did a, a recap of it over in uh, over in Hot Topic last week, but um I saw you know the James Webb fight. I was obviously uh, you know I, I thought James actually looked good for the few seconds it was on until he got caught with that big shot and obviously that was very unfortunate as well the, the, the team KF guys kind of had uh, you know they went one and one on the weekend and I'm, I'm sure they'd be you know they'd be uh, they'd be very sad about that one Open Elliot got a good win as well there and stuff so it was uh, you know it was, it was one of those cage warriors events or two of those cage warriors events I suppose that were kind of in between events and even talking to a couple of people like Cage Warriors they kind of were saying that as well or like we kind of going to get these over with now and get the London one going and get the uh, the Belfast one going so uh, yeah it was uh, you know it, it, Cage Warriors happened and, and it, it was it was a thing that happened and the UFC I suppose happened last night as well or, or t- tonight when what is it that's not 12 o'clock <laughs> yet it's, it's, uh, it's 5 to overall Graham um, it wasn't a bad card, was it? There was there was some exciting fights. There was some good knockouts, some good submissions. Uh, I I missed a couple of the fights in the middle. I was watching the Kilkenny Galway match was fucking, which was awful altogether. But congratulations to our own Ian O'Neill and, and Kilkenny and, and winning that. But good card, some good, a lot of good finishes on this, and, and not bad fights at all. Yeah, there was um, you know looking on at it on paper, there wasn't really too much to get excited about on the undercard, but it turned out to be some really good finishes, you know, uh, and some some close decisions, uh, the ones that did go the distance. Uh, maybe not the Damon Jackson one that wasn't close, but uh, he, in the third round he did get caught as well, with a big shot as well, so there was a bit of jeopardy there. Um, you know, uh, there was there was a couple of fights that weren't great. The Alex da Silva uh, Selesky fight was wasn't great. There was a point taken away that I thought was going to make it a draw, but uh, maybe I would watch it back. Maybe the decision for Selesky was was correct. But uh, yeah, and the uh, the main the main card was very good. I thought, uh, you know, every fight on the on the main card was pretty good. Um, we'll probably go through them one by one. But uh, yeah, it was this card kind of. On paper, wasn't really exciting me uh, too much, but as you were as as you were watching it, uh, there was some, you know, some good fights, some good back and forth, some barn burners, and some good finishes. So can't really complain. hundred percent, yeah. It, starting from the start, I suppose. Uh, I thought Jay Aldrich was actually doing a great job against Aaron Blanchfield in, in the first round and into the second, uh, and then got caught with that kind of standing guillotine after uh, eating one or two shots. And you know, I, I don't maybe not Blanchfield. Look, it was one of those ones where she maybe wasn't as impressive as the build-up some people gave her. I know Spencer was was big on her, but sometimes when you get in there and against a, tr- a tricky fighter like JJ Aldrich, and maybe you're not performing great, but you still come out with the win, you still get the finish midway through the second round. That's that's a sign of a good fighter, and on, on on maybe a ba- not necessarily a bad night, but on a night where they're not performing in such a dominant way as they maybe expect to still come out and get the win. I thought that was good. So Aaron Blanchfield nine and one now, definitely one to to look at going forward. Another one to definitely look go, uh, going forward as well is uh, Renat Fakardinov. He look Mikhailidis is is your normal middleweight or, or welterweight in this case kind of. Uh, 
uh, what's the word? I don't. I don't want to use the word uh, jobber. Enhancement uh, fighter. I, I would say. And Fakhardinov get definitely <laughs> the talent, got uh, talent enhancer. <laughs> the talent enhancer, indeed. Uh, Fakhardinov definitely got that from Mikolaitis tonight. He came in there and he uh, he destroyed him over the three rounds. But uh, I definitely think he is someone to look at going forward. Watching a bit of him coming into the card and hearing the lads even talk about him in the preview, I think he's a very good fighter and definitely one you know that we uh, we will be talking about learning that name. Uh, I missed the Jeff Molina Zamagula fight. Graham was that was that a close one a lot of people were giving out about the judging saying oh it should have gone the other way split decision win I, I see here who, who did you have it for yeah it was a close one you know the the first two rounds were pretty close or well, all three rounds are pretty close actually um it really could have went either way you'd probably have to watch it back really closely but uh I did think that you know I did think um I don't know I'm gonna butcher this name Zamagulov Zamagulov, Zumagulov. Uh, I did. I did think he did enough, but uh, you know, unless I went back and watched it really closely, I couldn't really make a determination on on whether the judges were wrong there. But I did see a lot of people, uh, you know, on Twitter and things like that, calling calling out the wrong decision. But I think it was close enough from from you know just following it casually that. It was uh, it wasn't a set in stone, and it could have went either way. Indeed, yeah. Um, the Tony Gravely fight in that's one that that couldn't have gone either way. He finished him off uh, in uh, sixty eight seconds. Him with a beautiful uppercut. You know, Tony Gravely yeah. obviously uh, Ian has interviewed him a few times here, and we we know him a bit closer and severe, man, maybe than other people because of that. And um, I like Tony Gravely's style. I like him as a fighter. He's obviously a very good wrestler, but I think his hands are improving a lot as well. And I think his biggest issue maybe is his cardio when the fight is on the feet you know um, but obviously it only goes 68 seconds and he didn't really have to show that and he has power as well he, he, look he's uh, that fight against Nate Mianis where he was knocked down and he was kind of hurt in that fight um, that can happen to him as well but when you come out there and you perform like this and you can land your uh, land your power and he is a powerful guy you see the power with the wrestling and if it can translate uh, into punching like it is like this Tony Gravely is a guy going forward who I'd have big aspirations for as yeah. a top fighter what, what did you think of the yeah, he, he I agree he looks like he has re- a lot of power and in this fight he, uh, I know it was uh, you know, short lived and he, he, he looked brilliant and all that but I think um it's the sharpest the striking's ever looked. You know, he's he's as he, he's always had power, as you said, and he's maybe been kind of known as a wrestler. But he's he from I know it's a, it's a small sample size, and you know maybe maybe we'll see in the next fight more of it. But uh, I think you know he might be putting it all together now. You know he's thirty fights deep, so you know maybe it's it's a bit late in the day to be, to be putting it together. But he's still only thirty years old and. Um, you know that's a that's a big statement win. That's that's a confidence booster. It's a finish. He hasn't had a finish in a while. Uh, I think it's is that is that his first? Oh no, it's a second finish in the UFC. But uh, it's it's a you know a highlight reel, really nice uppercut, uh, ground and pound finish, and I think that's the that's the best he's ever looked. Even though you know, as I said, it's it's hard to when when it when it goes so short like that it's hard to take too much from it but from the little we did see i think it's really good signs and it seems to be all coming together for him and all kind of clicking for him 
hundred percent, yeah, and, and he's definitely one to keep an eye on, and definitely a name to to look at in that hundred and thirty five pounds division uh, going forward. Uh, you mentioned in the the Selecki win and the Damon Jackson win. We won't concentrate on them too much, you know. Two uh, two decisions there. Benoit Saint Danido got a nice rear naked choke and a nice finish for uh, for him as well. There he's nine and one and a, a very good prospect coming through a one fifty five. Uh, and then we got to the to the main uh, main card of the evening. Um, with Carlina the, the underdog come on an underdog Carlina I'm telling you, <laughs> we, we were speaking briefly before uh, the odd time, you know. Great, you'll give me the old ring and go here. What's what's the crack with this price? And now one of them you're wrong with. We'll get there in a minute. But uh, this one I gave her as two of my bets actually this week. Um, and you, I know you were you fancied her to win as well, and and that she did. It was a very good performance for from Kovalkevich. Look, we we've seen her fight Felice Herrig before, but it's Felice has been out for a good while. It felt like, and she even kind of said it herself. She was she was kind of retired, and she wanted to come back and have one more because she didn't want to go out in an injury. And she's retired again now, but we look look forward to our next one. But if it actually feels like she might be retired because she was retired, and this is kind of like a you know maybe an extra bit of money, maybe she'd one fight left or whatever, uh, maybe she'd go and do a bit of a bare knuckle or a bit of kickboxing or something. But um, she she went out and she tried her heart out. She did well. She landed a few shots. But when you're not going to like wrestle Kovalkiewicz if you're uh, Herrig. Uh, Kovacavich is still we, we can't forget she's still a good striker she might be the most powerful or the biggest hitter in the world but she's a good technical striker in certain ways uh, and against someone like Felice Herrig who is you know more of like a, she's an ordinary enough kickboxer but has improved throughout the years but hasn't been there obviously for the last few years I feel like it was always going to go Kovacavich's way and it did and I thought she looked more powerful tonight maybe that's a function of Herrig kind of being out of the cage and maybe not being as as fight worn if you want to put it that way as she maybe once was um I thought it was uh, I thought it was a good performance from Kovalkiewicz and she kind of showed maybe what she what she needed to show on this one what, what did you think of it yeah well it was a really important fight for Car- Caroline to win because you know she's lost five in a row and that's you know that's that's bad that's getting cut kind of territory if you, if you don't win here and you know Felice Herrick as you said coming off Two ACL surgery, I think it was, and a long layoff, and a lot, of, a lot of problems, and kind of. She said herself, as you said in the post interview, she's just kind of there to prove to herself that she can compete, uh, still compete uh, at this level. But uh, she landed a couple of punches, but uh, I don't uh, a couple of hard punches, but I don't think Caroline was ever in trouble. I think, you know, there's. There's levels to this, you know, and when Caroline is in 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 the in the mood, I think when she's confident, she she just is on a different level to Fleece Herrick. You know, Fleece Herrick's been around for a really really long time, and in fairness to her, has made like kind of late developments in her career and come on a little bit before all these injuries. But you know, uh, she's she's just not as well rounded as the the other girls in the division. And if Carolina had went out there and not won, it would have been really kind of curtains for her. So it was a really kind of pressure fight for her, but she didn't look like it was. She she looked like she was confident. She looked like she, she was out there, you know. She didn't look at all like she was on a five-fight uh, losing streak. And I know uh, if you look at the names on on, on her record since, since, what, September 2018, they're really difficult um, matchups and they're difficult 
girls, but five, as I say, five in a row is getting cut territory. So it would have been understandable if if she kind of came out with pressure on her. And you know, her last win was against Felice Herrig, but it was a split decision and kind of could have went either way. So yeah, it was a really good performance. It was kind of what I expected. I you know I gave as my my Patreon bet that she would win. I um I saw a lot of people giving her by decision, but uh. Yeah, I thought she she might get it done inside the inside the distance, and she did. So yeah, it's kind of what I expected. Yeah, it's her first finish, I suppose, in a good while, and um, it, it's it's one maybe she needed. You know, she needed not only to win, but she needed to finish as well, maybe. And and to get that here, I suppose, is very good. And she'll go forward now. She like she's someone you want yeah, to have in the first UFC. First finish in, in eight years. Yeah, she like she, exactly. She's someone you want to have in the UFC. You know. Um, she's a name people know and she's someone you can put on a, in a card at, at a at a you know uh, a level like this and people will be happy to see her there so I'm I'm delighted uh, that she won it and I'm delighted for Felice Herrick as well who has had a better career maybe than people will admit or that people will say I think Felice has had uh, a very good time you know outside and inside of the UFC she you know she beat the likes of Courtney Casey Justine Kish who we saw what she did in Bellator recently beat Alexa Grasso which looking back on it now is probably the, you know the, the winner for her career but she had some big fights as well you know with uh, Paige Van Zandt and even Kaelin Coroner, I remember at the time and, and you know coming out of the, the tough house as well but you know she fought in Bellator against Heather Joe Clark and she fought Carla Esparza even back in 2011 so uh, and you know Barb Hunchak as well who would have been bigger than her who was at the, probably the best woman in the world back at, at what, that what time was that, what was that fight what was that like women's MMA show that yes was like a re- yeah it, that was what a kickboxing one was girls it? or something yeah it was like it was on a beach wasn't it Michelle Waterson or yeah. Michelle yeah her Felice Herrig and a few others were on that like she goes back a really long time yeah she does yeah so she's had a good career a very very good career and you know she was fighting back when women's MMA had no hope maybe I'm even looking at topology here she had a kickboxing fight back in 2005 so what's that 17 years ago that's a long time to be on the road so fair play to Felice I have a lot of respect for her and I think uh, I think she's been a very good fighter and, and uh, congratulations on a, on a great career um so you're looking forward to her next one. Looking forward to her next one, yeah. I can't wait. Can't wait to see that. Uh, did you hear about this Askar Moskarov uh, malarkey that went on during the week, Graham? So he came into the week as like, I'm not sure his exact record, but it was like, what, 20, 23 and 7 or something like that? I don't Maybe it's not that much now. Oh, I heard he was 750 and 0. No. <laughs> 750 and 0, yeah. But his record is now, after the fight tonight, 19 and 3. So I know um, my guy Jay Petrie over in Sherdog and uh, Stephen Keller over in Topology as well were going at this. And I can tell you from someone who has seen kind of a, a little bit behind the scenes on the, the Sherdog staff, those boys are absolutely fantastic at what they do, I have to say, with their rankings as well, but with the fight finder and keeping things going, I look at it in kind of awe at the, the ability that Robert Sargent and Jay and Ben and Mike and all the lads put in over there, they do an absolute great job with that uh, fight finder, sure. and I'm sure I don't, I, no, 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 but I'm, I'm, I'm serious, I, and I'm sure I don't <laughs> even see half of it as well, but... um. This lad was really cut out and, uh, you know, <laughs> Minifield even heard about it and he knew about it and he wasn't happy about it, as you could see afterwards. So uh, it was uh, yeah, Dogger 1-0, I suppose, in the UFC and uh, Masarov is 0-1. So we can, we, can, we, can take that, uh, we can take that to the bank. But all in all, it was, it was a pretty easy night for uh, Minifield, wasn't it, Graham? Took him down, yeah. uh, landed a few good shots. Masarov did get up at one stage, taken down again and then got in the crucifix and he elbowed the ears off him to, uh, yeah. to finish it. Yeah. Not much of a competition. 
position. Out of his depth, yeah. It was a, it was a one-way beating and Menafield looked great, but uh, Mazarov just didn't look up to much really. You know, he put up a bit of a fight, but technically, I don't think he looked great. Yeah, indeed, yeah. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see him in the UFC again, um, especially, you know, after what happened to Dean Barry a couple of weeks ago. We must mention as well, before we go any further, don't forget it, Dean Barry. Um he yeah. was he was supposed to fight last night in Titan FC, made weight, shook hands with his opponent, went away and everything. I actually briefly talked to Dean last night and I know Andy was talking to him as well. Um he spent the whole day of the, the fight day in hospital. He didn't piss for like a full twenty four hours. He was all bloated, he you know, pains in his kidneys, he was taken in. Uh I, I'm not sure what's happened since then. I know I, I think I saw him on his Instagram, he was in a car, he was out anyway, so uh I'm not sure if he's he's released from hospital altogether or if he's going back in or what, but he was in bad shape yesterday and uh it just seems like it's one thing after another for Dean and very little of it his fault. Okay, you can blame him for the eye poke, you can blame him for the kicking the balls and all of that, but for the you know, the months waiting for the UFC, for being put into weird matchups, for being caught really quickly, for the you know, his kidneys giving out on him. it's just it's been a rough time for Dean and it's it's hard not to feel very sorry for him. And I know Dean kind of, you know, he, he rubs people up the wrong way a little bit and his online persona and stuff like that and even the way he reacted to the mic thing. But at the end of the day, I, I don't I don't think there's any harm in him, you know, and I, you wouldn't like to see this happening to anyone. And it was, it was very unfortunate, Graham. Any, any thoughts on him? Yeah, you know, once the guy weighs in and you see all that, you, you pretty much assume the fight's going ahead. But uh, with Dean Barry, you know, the, the the streak he's had, the look he's had, as you said, has, hasn't been, what did they say? Um, if I didn't have bad luck, I wouldn't have luck at all. Yeah, indeed. You know, I know, I know he got signed to the UFC early and all that stuff. But, you know, since then, it's really been, you know... Uh, a string of of obstacles for him to overcome, and I don't I don't know what happened. I don't know if he gave you any indication of why he thinks. I think this before he mentioned in an interview that he had some problem with his kidneys before. I don't know if this is something to do with his nutrition or his diet or cutting too much weight, or if it's a hereditary thing or a medical thing or. Does he, does he have any idea from what I don't know, what I, I, know? I wasn't no I was only talking to him very briefly last night so I don't know maybe next time I speak to him I can ask him about it but like yeah, it, hopefully this isn't an issue that like no, you know because no. I think I believe he spoke about this before in one interview with Severe did he not sure no it's maybe he did. He's, he's also spoke about getting down to 145 so and like at yeah. 170 he was massive and he got the weight down very quickly and not that difficultly I think uh, I don't know what happened uh, it's yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's a very difficult one. I mean, as you say, maybe it is an issue with that. And hopefully, look, if he's over in a hospital now in Florida or something, he can get it sorted out and maybe it won't be an issue going forward. But fuck it. Yeah, it's, hopefully he can identify the problem and, you know, get it sorted. Or it's just a one-time thing. But, uh, yeah, it just seems like, you know, he can't catch a break. Since since signing for the UFC, it's, it's, it's all been, um, you know, he's obviously been criticised a lot, as you mentioned. He's been trolled and all that stuff. And... Maybe he hasn't dealt with it the best way, but you know, you just kind of got to just, in my opinion, if I was Dean, you just got to shut up and take it. Or because when you when you respond to it in any way, negatively or positively, it just reinforces these people and makes them think that you know that they're not wasting their time sending these messages, and they just keep doing it. Then you're better off just shutting up and letting your letting your fight and do the talking and not responding to these to these people. You know, that that would be my advice to him, but. 
you know what the fuck do I know yeah I, I think you're right to like the online trolls and stuff but some you know when media members are calling them and other things you kind of have done you know to, yeah, when you're yeah, doing that's different, but, yeah it is yeah, yeah. I, I, I do think, agree with what you're saying I think look when he came out and I spoke to him there uh, you know a few weeks ago I, I thought he actually acquitted himself very well and you know he was giving out and stuff at the end of the interview and things but I think people had a, like a bit of sympathy for him and if you even look at like the comments after I think a lot of people were kind of on Dean's side after that so they're I don't think everyone is a fucking scumbag and you know doesn't understand what he's he's going through and has no sympathy for him. But you know it's um, you know it's it's a very tough time, obviously a very tough time. And ho- look, hopefully Dean can pop back and he can get a fight. Maybe you know maybe a few weeks off or maybe a few months off even mightn't be the worst thing for Dean. Come back towards the end of the year or something like that. Even maybe get a fight in, in Ireland if you could get one in Cage Warriors or on Bellator maybe even or something like that. It might be it might benefit him even even more. But um, yeah, it's. Uh, it's a, it's been a, a fucking awful couple of years for Dean Barry, but and he you know he spoke to me about about struggling mentally and things like that, and now and now physically and mentally. So, it, uh, you know, I, I just if anyone's going to fucking abuse him ranting online, please don't. Just leave him alone, and and hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, it'll all uh, come good for Dean. Because at the end of the day, we we want to I want to see every fighter reach their potential, like get get to the very top, whether they're Irish, American, English, from Suriname or whatever he might be, you know. And it'd be a shame if someone who's obviously talented like Dean wasn't able to wasn't able to do that for one reason or another so hopefully he uh, he can come back right let's get through the rest of this car Graham because we'll be here all night otherwise uh, Audi Osborne there didn't much to say about this one either 61 seconds he came in there with a big right hook a uh, beautiful counter right over the top of Ashtiev uh, who's now 4-4 four and four. I'm like how's this lad in the, in the UFC but anyway Audi Osborne good knockout there not much, too much to say about it I suppose Karina Silva I was impressed by her I think she's good she looks very strong and athletic and a finisher 125 People like that are needed, which we will talk about for next week as well. So uh, a lovely uh, finish by her there, as uh, did Lucas Almeida uh, get it. I, I assume this will be fighted tonight. I haven't looked here yet, but what a, an almighty back and forth. The amount of damage landed this and made a Trezano fight. Almeida was almost knocked out. Trezano was almost knocked out. And then at the end, Almeida was not, or uh, Trezano was knocked out by Almeida with a beautiful uh, left hook and a few strikes of ground and pound as well. Um, any thoughts on any of them fights, Graham, before we move to the, to the top two? Almeida was pretty impressive, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, Almeida was looking great. Even in the first round, which he lost, uh, ended up losing with that big shot, I thought. But he up until that, you know, up until he got dropped, he was he was really putting it on Trezano. And uh, Trezano didn't really have, you know, many answers. And I think it was the second round, it was the, the clash of heads towards the end of the round and what did you think of that actually he kind yeah. of he very much dipped down with his head yeah. really hard like Ooh. when the commentators were like oh it's obviously accidental I was like Oof, well maybe it was accidental yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. read his mind but that was obviously <laughs> close a, a enough though <laughs> it was actually remember uh, Rivera favor in fairness uh, originally yeah. I think the ref missed it which is kind of you know understandable enough um, the dog didn't like it yeah, oh, the, the dog, dog, did, the dog, wasn't the dog happy didn't like it. that head, but he no, I know. Justice for Mike Trezana. <laughs> Justice for Mike Trezana, but yeah. Look, uh, they kept going anyway, and uh, Almeida ended up getting the, the knockout. Um, what a performance from Mavsar Evalev. I know uh, yeah. we spoke about the it before. Are, yeah, the odds, the odds were, were a bit wide, but obviously no, they ended sh- up being Yeah, they ended up being, being right. Yeah. Uh, he beat him on the feet. He beat him on the ground. He beat him in jiu-jitsu. He beat him with ground and pound. He just beat him everywhere, really. It was a brilliant performance from Evalev. Igib was doing okay on the feet in the first round. Uh, it was relatively even. I would say Evalev was still ahead, but then Evalev landed that massive knee, which... which 
uh, uh, Paul Felder uh, actually Paul Felder and John Anik were phenomenal I love the two man booth and the both of them are the best commentators the UFC have let's put it that way and they were phenomenal but uh, uh, Felder called it really really well uh, when he said like I don't know how he stayed on his feet I don't know how he didn't go down and they, when they showed the replay you know that was exactly it how he didn't go down how he wasn't felled by that never mind knocked out by it was insane and you know we talk about effective uh, striking and that was an effective strike if you land a strike like that you're going to win the round um, I think was it that round or the second round as well where Ivalev got like a, a takedown with maybe a minute and a half or uh, just over a minute left in the round that he was kind of ahead and I think it was the second round uh, and he landed like five or six elbows from on top you know you talk about late takedowns winning the round that's the sort of t- late takedown that'll win you the round to keep you ahead and move you further ahead when you land strikes there but the third, yeah. and on that as well I think his yeah. corner was real smart they were like he was kind of flurrying and they were like no just one big shot at a time yeah. single shots and like you know land a big inf- uh, impactful shot don't just flurry at him and land like you know a bunch of quote significant strikes but nothing of impact and he he listened to his corner it seems he listened to his corner and you know dropped some big elbows and in fairness Ige he actually snuck in a couple of his own little little elbows at various various stages that looked to to land uh, pretty pretty well as well but it was it was pretty overwhelming from Ivalev and you know Ige his wrestling isn't the best but he did manage to create a couple of little scrambles and little kind of submission positions that you know uh, maybe if you know as uh, Ivalev goes up the up the division towards the top he comes up against you know the 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 very the very top guys he might run into some trouble with like Ortega and even you know he called it Arnold Allen I'm, I'm very, I'd be very interested in seeing that fight yeah it'd be a good fight I, I think Aaron Allen deserves higher up than that though. not to say Valev isn't good or anything but he's still on his web I, I, I'm interested in that conversation though, that you were trying to take, talking about there because coming into the fight I, I picked Valev to win by submission because I thought those uh, scenarios actually would prop, uh, crop up and I think it's more because of Ige than anything else. Like some fighters, right? They get taken down, and they just write, "I've t- I've been taken down. I'm just gonna settle here. I'll get to the end of the round, or I'll defend." Or yeah. yeah, Ige's not like that. You know, he there was at times. Okay, he set things up and he tried, but he I knew coming into it in the show tonight again, Ige was trying to move all the time. He was trying to get out. Okay, he wasn't doing things anything foolish or anything like that, but. I, I feel like at certain times he I, I understand exactly what you're saying but I think that's more a function of Ige kind of giving those positions to Ivalev and putting himself in a little bit of danger to escape and Ivalev maybe uh, not being able to, to you know make as much use of those positions as you would probably expect but I think Ige is so used to that and he's a good fighter as well let's not, uh, let's not forget that I think that's more a function of that than, than Ivalev not being good but having said that Ivalev is still evolving if you want to put it like that and uh, the, the evolution of his striking has been uh, uh, something to behold as someone who, who watched a good bit of him there last week preparing for uh, you know the stuff uh, the part the, the the uh, what you call it the, the betting show and, and the preview and other stuff as well I think he looked even better again tonight um, and his wrestling is very good uh, okay, I, I, we don't see too much jiu-jitsu from him and may, maybe you're right Graham maybe it, it is a thing against Ortega or even you know we, we, we've seen Justin Gaethje and other lads as well being, being shown up a little bit in that realm but I think his wrestling is so good and his striking is very good as well that I don't think it'll be a major issue for him because I don't think there'll be many lads going in there taking him down but uh, anyway look a fantastic performance yeah, and, and, and like you know if the wrestling isn't working he does seem to have he does seem to have the skills on the, on the feet and yeah. 
they seem to be evolving. So, you know, maybe it's a little, I think the evolve, we're using the word. Yeah. I'm sorry. The, the evolution evolved. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's a great nickname. Uh, the evolution. I love it. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the, the main events, Volkov versus Rosenstruck. Uh, it, it it wasn't what I was expected to be honest. I I was thinking like if Rosenstruck can go in there and let his hands go, he'd probably land, hit, hurt him, and knock him out. Well, he did three of those four things. He let his hands go, he hit him, he hurt him, but he didn't knock him out. Um, and instead Volkov came after him, landed a few strikes, kind of knocked him against the fence, and that made him dip three times. And then Herb Dean came in and stopped it. I didn't think the stoppage was bad I thought it was a grand stoppage to be honest uh, what, what did you think of the stoppage in the fight in general Graham? it didn't last long yeah uh, I thought it was an early stoppage um, uh, you know it wasn't absolutely terrible but I, I think let them go you know uh, obviously he'd been he'd been rocked but uh, like it was it was back and forth you know it wasn't as if he was taking a beating and it was more the same or anything like that I think he could have given him a little bit longer there to see how it played out for the next five or five or ten seconds but yeah for for Volkov you know it's a it's a it's a big win you know I thought it was gonna if he was gonna win he was gonna win a kind of boring uh, decision um, and if Rosenthal was gonna win he was gonna knock him out Rosenthal kind of as you said kind of you know, did most of what he had to do, but once he once he rocked Volkov, he kind of went in recklessly and kind of left himself wide open, and immediately got kind of countered by Volkov, and that was kind of the beginning of the end, I think, uh, from there. And he didn't exactly take the shots very well. Uh, his reaction was was kind of he he definitely didn't play a cool when he got hit with the shots, and maybe that was part of the reason why Herb Dean stepped in. But I thought that was just. That was just um, a bad reaction rather than him being completely finished. I think his mouthpiece getting knocked out was a massive part of it too. Because like his mouthpiece got knocked out and then he kind of got hit really hard three times. And then Herb gave him a chance, he gave him another chance. And I think he was kind of saying, oh shit, I kind of have to stop this now. I I, I the, think the, it was... The, three, the two or three punches that yeah. it was stopped on were like nothing. I don't know though. Like Rosenstruck did like dip down after at least two of them. Like he got hit once and he went to his back against the cage and he like dipped his arse down. When you do that multiple times, I think you give the referee reason to stop it. Now, I'm not. I thought it was a good stoppage, but I I don't think it was. You know, I don't think it was a brilliant stoppage or anything like that. If it had gone on another five seconds, like you had said, I wouldn't have complained about that at all. But. I just felt like it was, you know, I, I I remember talking to a referee before, an official, and they were kind of saying to me, you have to look at what has led up to the stoppage as well as the actual stoppage itself. And I think the fact that that mouthpiece went flying out, I think the fact he was kind of dipped down, dipped down again, and then dipped down for the third time after getting hit with shots, like he was shown signs of being kind of badly hurt and the first one they showed it on the replay and it was like he was out for a split second now it wasn't terrible or anything like that but I don't know I think he was hurt really badly and the first one he did survive and he did keep going but I yeah I don't uh, think it was we're, an missing, we're missing out on potential classics like Czech Congo versus Papari when maybe yeah these heavyweight fights uh, at the first sign of uh, of somebody being rocked you know uh, 
yeah, I look, heavyweight like guys are going to get rocked like, like yeah it, do, it doesn't make too much of a difference anyway because one guy was seven one guy was eight and now one guy <laughs> yeah, would be seven yeah, and one guy would be eight it's all good it's all in good terms so. of, yeah, in terms yeah. of the upper echelon of the division <laughs> it doesn't change anything not much at all not much at all uh, right Graham let's move on and let's move on to UFC 275 and we must tell you we have a new sponsor and they uh, they will tell you that UFC 275 is absolutely stacked stacked Step into the octagon with DraftKings Sportbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC. Knockout, submission, or even judges' decision, uh, no matter wh- uh, who wins or how the fight ends, new customers can bet $5 on UFC 275 and get $150 in free bets instantly. Myself and Graham, we're going to go through all the matchups here now, but the two title fights are huge. I think, I, I think I'm think i going to be picking Prohachka, although my, my official pick isn't coming out yet, but uh, and I think... I think, uh, I think Shevchenko is, is going to walk that as well against Talia Santos. But it's in general, I think it's it's a very, very good card. And we will break the whole thing down here now right after this. But if you're looking for a big payday, check out the DraftKings Sportsbook newest UFC features. Same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which fighter will win, number of knockouts, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, you can place a same game parlay for Saturday's fights. And if it's... If it hits, you'll double your winning. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Get the uh, use the promo code Severe MMA. Use the promo code Severe MMA. Throw down five dollars on UFC two seven five, and you get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets instantly. That's absolutely fantastic. That's called Severe MMA this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Tales. All right, Graham. Um, thank you to our friends over at, at Draft Kings. You're, you're great lads. I'm glad to have you on board, and we'll uh, we'll have them on board for a few upcoming uh, upcoming podcasts as well. So let's talk about UFC 275. Um, and the, the, obviously the two big title fights, Zhang Weili against Yuanning and Jacek as well, and, and a few other standouts. Your, your guy Jack Della uh, Medellina, who I know um, Harry wrote a great article uh, on Severe MMA about after his last fight. He's a big prospect as well. Uh, my guy Andre Filo has opened up the card against Jake Matthews. What do you think of that one, first Graham? Like Jake Matthews, it feels like it feels like maybe that's not the easiest matchup in the world for Jake after he just fought Sean Brady and lost to him. He was coming on a, a four win streak before that but uh, Andre Fila versus Sean Brady or sorry Andre Fila versus uh, yeah, uh, Jake, Jake Matthews. Matthews tough tough matchup for, it, for all Jake it, it seems like uh, I don't know if I'm remembering this right but it seems like every Jake Matthews fight I'm, I'm, I'm unsure of how it's going to go it's a it's a pick em fight <laughs> you never know which kind of Jake Matthews is going to show up if he can get on the offensive I think he has um he has a lot of tools, a lot of effective tools. But if it, when it starts going a little bit wrong, it seems like it, it all just fucking explodes in his face and just go, it turns into a disaster. So I think, I've, uh, to be honest, I think I've lost faith in Jake Matthews. When he came through, I thought, oh, this guy has so much potential. And, you know, in a few years, he's, he could have, you know, he could be at the top of the division. But it just hasn't worked out like that at all. I don't, I don't think he's developed at the rate that maybe you'd expect somebody to develop at um, coming into the UFC when he did and even even when he's showing glimpses of, of of being you know the fighter that maybe he was expected to be it, it does seem to just kind of somehow go wrong or he can't put the, the fights together in a row and uh, you know 
he could go out here and win, but in his next one, the the consistency just isn't isn't there. So it's just it's hard to pick him these days. And uh, Phil Howe, you know, he's Phil Howe is a he's a difficult matchup. So I'd probably, I'd, yeah, it's a hard one to pick again, but. I'll probably pick against Matthews at, at this point. I'm definitely going for Andre Filo here. I think uh, I still like Jake Matthews, but I think Andre Filo is is a brilliant, brilliant fighter, and I think he'll be fighting way up to division in in years to come. I like him a lot, and you know we talked a lot about him uh, over over the last while. Like I've, uh, you know he came in on short notice and fought uh, Michael Pereira and you know did pretty well in that fight uh, but ended up losing and he's had a couple of good wins since then but it's it's oh as I knock my candle here but thankfully it wasn't late uh, <laughs> he is a very good uh, they're both very good athletes and very similar in terms of strength and all like that so I think it is a, an interesting matchup and uh, but I, I do I would favour uh, Fialo massively in terms of of a striking advantage there uh, to go in and, and win this one um, I don't know like I say Matthews might have his might have his moments as well but yeah I'd probably agree with you but I don't yeah. know if it'll it'll be one-sided go on so do you want to bet I, I bet you a fiver that Fiala will win well no that's what I'm saying he'll probably win but I don't I be, okay I bet you a fiver Fiala will win one-sidedly it'll either be a finish or like 30-27 yeah, all right. Okay, Grant, five rounds. Someone write I think that we had down. I've bet there recently, but I can't we remember. Did, what yeah, it was. We definitely did. If anyone rem- reminds us, let, let us know. Anyway, um, further up to card, Dana Batrigal, he's good at 135 against uh, Kang. That should be a good fight. Um, you know, there's there's lots of good undercards fights here, and we, we will break them down over on the preview show this week as well. Jacob Malcoon, who's 6 and 1, he takes on Brendan Allen, you know, who's a, a good prospect coming through at 185. Um, we have a 115 pound fight here as well uh, Silvana Gomez Juarez against Li Nang but on the, the main card is 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 really good Graham as you kind of alluded to earlier on Ramzan Amaya versus Jack Della uh, Madalena that is a, that is a humongous fight for me I love that fight I think Della Madalena showed in his fight was it who did he fight Pete Rodriguez I'm just looking at it here a really really good uh, counter left hook KO in the first round of that. he's a really good striker looks looks a top top prospect in that division and in my have you know tw- 25 fights into his career now 35 years of age he lost to Danny Roberts last time out but he had some good wins before that against Nicholas Stoltz and David Zavada um uh, you know, and he's beat Anatoly Tokov and and others as well, which are you know beat Sam Alvey, top top wins there. But uh, I think that's a great uh, matchup in terms of maybe they're moving Jack Bedala Medellina a little bit quickly, but still in all, if he beats Imayev and and comes through there, I think um, I think he is a guy that will be getting higher up and and be getting bigger names very very quickly in that yeah. division. What do you think? I don't know. I think it might have like uh, if I'm remembering right, I'm pretty sure he actually won that fight against Danny Roberts, didn't he? Uh, I can't remember. I have a terrible memory. I think that was one where, yeah, I think that was one where it should have went the other way. And you know, this is a big step up in experience for for Jack Della Madalena. And you know, he had a good win over Pete Rodriguez, but Pete Rodriguez is four and zero at the time, and uh, it was his first fight in the UFC. So this is coming up against a guy with twenty five fights and a lot more experience and a lot more difficult matchup than I think he's he's faced uh, recently, but. Yeah, it's it's a tough one to pick. Like I, I wouldn't be so I wouldn't be so sure. Uh, I probably I'd probably lean uh, ML. It, it reminds ML. me. It reminds me a little bit of the Jake Hadley matchup a couple of weeks ago. That his opponent is a very good, and maybe you know, I think Imayev is a better a better fighter. But if you get what I mean, like 
they're putting him in there against someone who maybe in a couple of years, if it goes the way you expect it to go from, who would you you would pick him to beat? Maybe not handily, but you pick him to beat well. But now maybe it's a little bit early, and I think that's the, yeah. what the UFC have been doing recently. You know, we've seen it with Joy Herbert, we've seen it with Reese McKee, we've seen it with other people as well. Um, and I'm not sure it's. I, I wouldn't agree with that matchmaking necessarily, but I do. I do think Mad- Dylan Madalena is is good enough for the step up. And uh, you know, me, I, I don't know who I'll pick here. But I, uh, I, I need to go back and watch more of Amaya, honestly, and we, we'll talk about it more in the preview show that we'll do over on YouTube this week. But, um, yeah, it's I, I think you could be right. You could be right, but we'll uh, we'll wait and see on that one. I won, 125 then, uh, Rodrigo Bontirin is taking on Manel Cape. Now, that's a fucking fight. Cape was, had like a USADA scare before his last fight, but that's all been, uh, you know, gotten t- taken care of, thankfully, and uh, he's coming back here. You know, he, what, what, what did happen with that? Um, I'm not, I can't remember uh, if I could look it up now, but it was it was like oh, uh, it was small amounts or something like that, or it was below the threshold when they tested him again or some shit. I'm not I'm not exactly sure, but yeah, he it was grand anyway, and who cares? Like he didn't do nothing. He didn't take <laughs> yeah, like I don't give a shit about that was I don't. I hope it swept under the carpet. Fuck, just get rid of it. But anyway, look, we saw Zumagulov and Ali Osborne on the card tonight, and he beat both of them and knocked both of them out in the first round yeah. in his last two Flying fights. Flying knee against Osborne as well. Yeah, exactly. And and you know we've seen Manel Cape for years and years and years, but we've seen Bonturin as well. You know he was within seconds of beating Kai Kara France um, last year, and now Kai Kara France is fighting for the title. You know he beat your guy Matt Schnell. Go on, Graham, sing it. Go on. <laughs> oh, much now! <laughs> I, need to, smell I, I need to get that as well. I, oh, did I tell people I have a soundboard now as well? Hold on, let me press one of them here. Hold on. There you go. I need to add a relevant. We need the match nail thing there as well. Uh, there you go. That that needs to be louder. But anyway, but uh, yeah, um, yeah. So Manel Cape is very good, and, and Bonterrain obviously is very good as well. But you know, he's uh, I say he's very good, but he's lost three of his last four as well to Bar Cara France and Rival. That Rival was a split decision um, at the start of this this year. So yeah. it's it's a big fight. Look, it's a big fight for both of them in that division. But. Um, you know, Manel Cape, I think they want Manel Cape probably to win that fight and go on. And Manel Cape fighting for a title, I think, would be massive for the UFC. And they would they would really enjoy that. But, um, yeah, that's that's fight of the night written all over it for me. I can't wait for that one. Or maybe a knockout of the night. Fantastic fight. Maybe not fight of the night, though, because Weili Zhang, or Zhang Weili even, and Yuani and Jacek are rematching here. Uh, they're you know, fight of the decade. Greatest women's fight of all time. Fight of the year 2020. Um, this is the first fight. Should, should they not have made this five rounds? Just yeah, just make it five rounds. Like it, it doesn't have to be though? the main event or the whatever. The con- I just, agree. Yeah, you know, it seems like they're selling this fight a little bit short. It seems like this is destined to be a close twenty nine, twenty eight, where it should have gone two more rounds and it didn't. Yeah. It's it's a massive fight for both of them as well. I know I agree. I think it should be five rounds, but like this is Yoni and Jacek's first fight since then. I know she's been injured and she's had her contract disputes and everything with the UFC. And for Zhang Weili, she's fought twice since, but lost twice. One of them, obviously, the heavy knockout against uh, Roslam Yunus and um, yeah, in the rematch as well. Probably won as well. Yeah, a close. Yeah, a close rematch. So it's look for either of them to get back into division. We we've seen it an awful lot. We talked about it on podcasts recently that it 
it's it's not the hardest uh, organisation in the world to get back into a title shot if you've just been there. In fact, it's a lot easier probably if you've just been there. So either of these two women, and people have talked about it a lot recently, myself and Spencer even on the state of the UFC, it's like whoever wins this will probably be tight, you know, fighting for a title fight, especially the way the, that, that Rose Namunas, Carla Esparza fight went. So it's a massive fight for both of them. I think especially for Yanni and Jacek because she... Look, she has had a tough time very recently after losing the two fights to Rose Namunas and then losing this fight as well. But if she can get back in there, win this fight, and then she's fighting yeah. Carla Esparza, who she Both marked. of them will be licking their lips at the prospect of <laughs> yeah, getting, exactly. getting past this fight and getting a title shot. Like, no offense to Carla Esparza, well, but... It's like, like a... Do you know, it's, it's, it's like kind of if... Um, if well, Man, Man City, if Man City and Liverpool <laughs> met in the the FA Cup semi final, and they were meeting fucking Millwall in the final or something like that, remember that happened with Man United one year? They met they met Chelsea, I think, was in, in the semi final, and Millwall were actually in the final. Uh, it's, yeah, it happened it to Man City like and them. Watford, wasn't it? With like Watford in the final. Yeah, or something. It, uh, yeah, I think yeah, it has happened a few times. All right, as well, but uh, I, I, it does feel like one of them, and whoever wins this will probably be the. The, the champion at 115 in their next fight so an absolutely massive fight uh, I think maybe I'm mistaken here but I'm pretty sure Jacek actually said she wanted it to be three rounds uh, coming back after so long out maybe I'm wrong there now but I just that has come into my brain but look it's a fantastic fight it's going to be a, f- a three round stand up fight as well I think we can probably agree on that Zhang Weili she has been known to take people to the ground, but Yanjecek has very good takedown defense when she needs it again. And, you know, I'll probably go back and do the rewatch this week of that first fight. Uh, maybe I'll even get Ian on me to do it. And, and I don't like doing five round fights, but God Almighty, I'll do that one. It was so good. And uh, yeah, I, look, if I it can live up to that one. Rounds, if I remember, yeah. if I remember right. If, if it can live up to three quarters of that one or even half of that fight, I think we're in for another fun one here. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it and can't, uh, can't wait. Uh, Talia Santos versus Valentina Shashinko Graham. Uh, do you give Santos any chance? Like I've gone back and watched a bit of her over the last couple of days. Uh, it's hard. To, it's hard uh, to see it, isn't it? Yeah, like the quality of of opponents is just vastly different. Um, you know, she's what? What was that? Five fights ago, she was losing to Mara Barella. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Bar something mad happening, which can happen in MMA. I really, you know, her record looks great and all that, nineteen and one. But the the level of competition that Valentina Shevchenko has been coming up against, uh, you know, is just on a different level. And you know, there's you may look at her record and there is some mixed in there that maybe aren't the best, but that's because she kind of cleaned out the division, um, you know. Her last losses are to Amanda Nunes, and like you know, Amanda Nunes obviously lost her last fight uh, badly. But uh, w- w- from the 2016 2017 fight she had with Amanda Nunes, Amanda Nunes was you know, different animal unstoppable at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and she probably will be again, you know, if 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 her if her heart's still in it, and there's there's no disgrace in in those losses, and it's a fight I'd like to see again in in the future if. Uh, if Nunes is, uh, if Nunes is, um, you know, it sounded like there was a baby yawning in the background. Now, <laughs> yeah. what, what was that? Was that a baby? Was it the my dog? wife yawn? My oh, wife's <laughs> asleep beside me there, making making noise. <laughs> I cheated away. I cheated away. Yeah, uh, God, I wait. If these these women lad, they'll wreck us, They'll absolutely wreck us. But anyway, but uh, yeah, look, I I would tend to agree overall. 
Is she Brazilian as well? She's probably giving out now about you uh, giving out about Talia Santos <laughs> saying she has no chance here against uh, <laughs> against uh, Latina Shashinka. But um, look, I, what I saw in Talia Santos, and I think the best of her, obviously, look, she's she's very good uh, on the ground. She has some good submission uh, submission wins in her career. You know, she obviously choked out Joanne Wood uh, in the last one. And, uh, you know, I, I actually think, though, funnily enough, that her striking and and the, the simplicity of how she strikes is probably where she will cause Shevchenko most trouble because Shevchenko's um, clinch is very good. She's very good takedown defense. She's very very strong. And you saw the Maria uh, Borello fight. I went back and watched that for Tylee Santos and. She, you know, she gets lots of takedowns in her fight. Look at the Monty McCann fight. She took her down three rounds, basically, just kind of got on top for an all of them. And the same in the, the, the Robertson fight and a couple of others that I watched as well. But Barella was stronger than her. She was able to win the clinch. She was able to get on top. She was able to get takedowns. So it's not like Santos is some massive, unbelievable takedown artist with this. You know, and she has very good jiu-jitsu, but getting it there might be an issue against Shevchenko. But I like the way she throws very long, straight shots. Now, that's easier said than done against Valentina Shevchenko. Don't get me wrong. But if she can do that, if she can land her power right down the middle, that's that to me is her best path to victory here. Look, if she can pull guard or get a takedown and get the fight to the ground and use her jiu-jitsu, get on top, absolutely. But I, I just don't think that is um, a kind of a long-term winning strategy here for her. but I do think landing a couple of big shots down the middle could be well could be could be like 4% of 100% could be kind of I think overall look Shevchenko is probably going to dominate I, I, it has happened I've said this before on podcasts but when I go back and I watch tape so I, you go back and we watch say Jessica right and you watch two or three of her fights and you think okay maybe she can do this this and this or maybe she'll get hurt here here and here against Shevchenko and then you go and we watch Shevchenko and I did exactly this with Tyler Sanders and the speed difference in their fights is just freaky like Shevchenko is just so much quicker and so much more powerful than the other people in that division um as you said, the only her only losses are, are to Amanda Nunes recently, and you know she's big and fast and strong, and that's mostly the reason why she be and very technically good, obviously as well. Uh, but her, Tyler Santos, Tyler Santos is fast and she is strong, and she, she you know she's relatively big as well. But con- compared to Shevchenko, uh, I just don't think uh, I don't think she stands a chance, honestly. But we'll never know. And look, she's nineteen and one, so she's she's not a one that's used to losing, and she she's confident, and she will come in here confident as well. And um, I just I, I would love if she put up a bit of a fight against Shevchenko, honestly. Um, and we have we have been shown over the last while look at the Juliana Pena fight never rule anyone out and absolutely don't rule uh, rule out Santos but Chishinko has to be a massive massive favourite here and I'll go over to DraftKings use the code uh, Severe May to, uh, to bet on that main eventing Graham Teixeira versus Prohachka yeah we, we look we are probably Glover Teixeira's biggest fans but we constantly pick against him as well at the same time in what, fairness what though, pick, we picked him a lot of times we in did, a lot yeah, of underdog did. victories over the years yeah. where, where his grappling and wrestling has been severely underrated and I think if he's going to win here he's going to have to get takedown straight away he's no messing around get on top frustrate you know look for look for a submission look for ground a pound from the top but yeah, I think, you know, Glover's done very well to kind of 
claw his way back to the the top at 42 years old and get himself a title shot and win the title and that was obviously a huge motivation for his whole career you know to be a UFC champion he couldn't even get into the country or into the US and get a visa and uh, fight even though he was Chuck Liddell's training partner and was was you know was was hype around him and he's been around a hell of a long time and he finally achieved his goal like is his dedicate or is his mind mind um has he already achieved everything that he kind of set out to in his mind is he going to have the same level of motivation here I don't know maybe not and he's coming up against a guy that if that if he isn't on on the very top of his game and grinding for every for every uh, position and uh, putting everything in in every moment then it, it could go very badly very quickly this guy has been yeah. you know Prososka has been knocking people out for a long time I know the the level of competition over over the years hasn't been great uh, hasn't been you know the oppression on the UFC but since you know Ozdemir and Dominic Reyes in the last two knocking both of those out you can't really argue with that like that's that's two big knockouts. He beat, uh, spectacular knockouts. He, he beat Vadim Nimkov as well back uh, yeah. a few years ago, who's you know the Bellator champion and one of the best uh, yeah, light heavyweights in the world. Long time ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a that was a corner retirement. I actually yeah. watched that fight today. It wasn't a corner retirement at all. Your man. Nimkov just died like he just he could not get up uh, uh was on top of him at the end of the round and Nimkov literally couldn't get back up he tried oh, to, he got okay. these knees and he fell over so it was like it had to be stopped but uh yeah uh, it's like I, I actually kind of see it the exact same way as you see it I think I think um look it, it might seem like that long but the fact that uh uh, Glover Teixeira has been out on occasion for eight and a half, nine months since he won the title against Jan Blachowicz. Uh, and at 42 years old. At far, yeah, at 42 years of age. I think that might be an issue. Like, it seems, I was actually thinking about this today, a lot of fighters, it feels like the day they win the title is the day they decide to have all their surgeries because it's probably the best time to do it. You know, you have that title, let's get healthy to keep that title in the next one. Um, and you can't afford to do that at 42 years of age. Now, maybe he hasn't necessarily done that. I know this fight was supposed to be on a month ago, and it's not the longest time outside of the cage, but 42 years of age is an issue. Um, I I think, look, he's been Blahovic and Thiago Santos and Anthony Smith in his last three, and those lads are all very good athletes, very strong. You know, Smith is, is a former middleweight. He's, he's relatively fast as he well. Broke, he broke the champion in, in his last fight. Like, yeah, he, abs- <laughs> he absolutely did, yeah. And he broke Anthony Smith as well, and, you know, he almost broke Justin Herzog's fucking heart in, in that fight as well. You know, with that, uh, it went on so long, but he, he, is, he is an animal of a fighter. We've talked about him for years, about He's his striking is so good, but his grappling is the most, he's the most underrated wrestler in the history of the UFC. He has brilliant wrestling, and we just don't see it enough. And I agree as well with what you said at the start. He will need, I think, to use his wrestling here to win this fight. Like watching Prohachka, um, he's a he's a brilliant fighter, but I don't know if that that style that he's been fighting with recently can go over five rounds. You know, he's gone the distance before, he's gone three rounds and he's gone long into fights before, but, and he's gone that full 10 minute round, I think it was, uh, that I watched today against, uh, against Nimkov. So it's not that he has bad cardio, but it's just, you can't fight 
at the the way he fights over five rounds constantly. You're going to have to change things. Yeah. You're going to. And Glover really knows how to wear on you and make yes. it difficult and be heavy and be awkward and, and be safe you know, as well. At rub times. his shaven head into your face like the stubble. Like he'll do all of those tricks. Like you know, you know, he's not going to make it easy if 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 you let him kind of have his way. He's going to make it very dirty and very difficult and drag you into those later rounds, but. It's just about can he do that? That's what he needs to do. It's it's that exactly because I think if Glover can't do that in the first two rounds, he's more than likely going to get knocked out here because Prohaska hits really hard. The the thing about Prohaska as well though, he gets hit an awful lot. Like Ozdemir almost knocked him out. I watched that fight today as well. He very very nearly knocked him out. Um, and if like if Glover can stay stand there and strike with him and come out on the 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 um, the better end of the first ten strikes, he could he could knock Prohaska out as well because Glover hits very hard and he throws the sort the sort of you know le- kind of leaping left hooks if you want to say it that way, Mark Hunt style before as you need to throw uh, against Prohaska who stands there with his hands down but also with his head out like waiting to get hit. So it's not as if Prohaska is unbeatable or anything like that. Even though he's on a massive run now, going back you know to Risen and and as you said the the Ozdemir and Reyes fights as well uh, in the UFC. But it's it's a fascinating fight for me. I I. Just just hope Glover Shearer turns up and he is you know like the, the best Glover Shearer I hope he's not old you know and I, 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 I and it's funny to say that about a guy who just won the championship nine months ago but I think most people would probably understand what I'm saying at 42 years of age and all of that um if but he, if, it's not even the, like yeah. if this was if you know if the last fight was the number one contender fight and this was the title fight for Glover then I think he'd be you know you'd be guaranteed that he'd be going in there a hundred percent, but just we we've seen it before when the guy kind of reaches the pinnacle, you know, uh, that he's like Bisbing, you know. It's true. It's yeah. kind of like I've I've done it now. Yeah, Rashad <laughs> Evans often said that as well. I always say that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and especially at that age, like it's like he almost probably should have retired at that stage. And I wonder did any thoughts go through? He said, "That's a, yeah, that's a very good point." Yeah. So and like Prohachka still has that. Plus, he is only what 30, 29 years of age. Sorry. It's, it, look, it's a very <laughs> it's a tough matchup for both of them. Let's be honest, because if you were to pick a guy to beat Prohachka, you'd probably say a very good wrestler who can hit hard on the inside, and that's that's what Glover Teixeira is. Now Prohachka is no mug on the ground either. He actually like his submissions from the bottom he's actually very good sweeps he's good at getting up he's not easy to hold down by any means at all um, but he can he can be at times but he does get hit but then you look at it the other way around if you're uh, Glover Teixeira the nightmare matchup for you is probably a guy with good that, that can't be held down and a guy that is very fast and very big and very athletic and that hits hard and is probably faster than you and he's definitely faster than you. <laughs> As I said, it's a bad matchup for 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 both of them. Look, I'm probably going with Prohachka here, to be honest, because I just think he is he's too crazy early not to land a big shot against someone who he'll have such a speed advantage over. And I think Glover. Uh, look, I think what we talked about earlier, the kind of the plan that Glover might come out with to do exactly what you said, Graham, stick his ball head in under him and make it difficult and make it you know sickening for Prohachka to fight over five rounds. I think that's going to be a five round plan and I don't think Pahachka will be fighting a five round fight now if it gets to round three then Glover Teixeira has won there even though he might be two rounds down because his long term plan will be working and Prohashka's two round plan will be gone but 
I feel like the two round plan might work and I feel like the two round plan might get him through it but this is a fascinating matchup this is a matchup you need to you can't take your eyes off like this is this is one that you, you'll need to assess it as it goes to see how it's going to see what's changing in the fight or maybe to see a big knockout but if you were, if you were to predict how to go Graham what do you think? Yeah, it's a difficult one. Like, uh, I'd uh, I'd love to say Glover, but uh, I just think for kind of all the reasons I've said, already kind of achieved everything. Finally, you know, when it looked like it was it was kind of done a few times, it looked like it was wasn't going to happen. And uh, the style matchup isn't great. I think. He has looked a little bit slower, like obviously, understandably, being forty-two years old, he's he's, he's not the quickest he's ever been, and um, yeah, but like this is one that like if he does get a take down early and is able to to keep him down there and make it dirty, then you know if he can do that, then my I'd be betting on I'd be in play betting on Glover Teixeira to win the fight because as you said, if it goes long uh, with the with the experience of you know all the tricks of the trade from from Glover and just the the relentlessness, the grinding, the you know the smarts on the ground, and not going for not going for submissions unless you're kind of you you feel the guy's already kind of giving it to you, like just not making silly mistakes and things like that. Like there's definitely a re, very reasonable uh, route to victory there, but. If I had a free bet, I'd have to go. I'd have to go against him. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would tend to agree. Uh, before we go, Graham, um, Bellator have announced most of their fights for Bellator two eight five in Dublin, uh, and it's you know what? It's a, it's a really good card from the bottom up. Uh, Saladu Ajo, who's fighting out of SPG against Adam Gustav, Alex Bodner against Kenny Mokahana, uh, Dara Kelly against Kyle Stevens, Georgie Carcanyon against Kane Musa, Brian Moore against Arvaldo Silva, George uh, Sasu against uh, Kieran Clark, and in the main card, uh, Liam McCord is taking on Dinah Silva, Mads Burnell versus uh, Pedro Carvalho, yeah. James Gallagher against Brett Johns, Joel Romero, Melvin Manhoof, and Peter Queeley and Vincent Henderson in the main event. Is this the best card we've ever seen in Ireland? This is a fucking brilliant yeah. card, isn't it? Yeah, hopefully this card stays together because it, it looks great. Uh, did we were we were we talking about it on the podcast calling for Ben Henderson and Peter? Yeah, Quigley I've definitely called for. Privately? Yeah, I've called for him multiple yeah. times on Twitter. And we were talking for well. Pedro Cavallo against anybody with a name. Yeah, <laughs> basically, it's, that, isn't it weird though? Well. The way Bellator matching recently, so they put Carvalho against uh, against uh, Nidlikov, isn't that his name? He lost that fight. Okay, it was close in the judges' cards, but he I think he's ranked number six or seven, Pedro, and now they're giving him number three, Mads Burnell, who just had a number one contender fight it's kind of bizarre I know they're both coming off of losses yeah. but it's kind of bizarre Actually, nobody remember that yeah. no one cares anyway and it's, it's a brilliant fight <laughs> it all even happened like it was on the prelim <laughs> or yeah it, it was <laughs> but there's some great fights there and obviously we'll break them all down what do you think of James Gallagher Brett Johns that's that's yeah, an interesting fight yeah it's not one I was expecting it's, yeah it's me either yeah it's a it's a really interesting one it's a difficult uh, it's a difficult matchup for, for James I think you know, Brett Johns is going to come in there and wrestle and try to stay safe. Like, obviously, James wants it on the ground and he's he's shown time and time again how, how good he is at chokes and rear naked chokes especially. And, you know, he's he's definitely a threat there. But, uh, you know, I thought that after, you know, the patchy mix fight and, you know, obviously get, getting lost there and I thought they might try and, you know, 
wind it back a little bit and give him an easier matchup, but they 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 haven't at all here. They they've kind of they've acted as if he's won the fight with Patchy Mix, as you as you kind of mentioned with the Pedro Carvalho one there, and they've stuck him in there against Brett Johns, and you know <sighs> Brett Johns. He's he's a difficult matchup for anybody in in the division. He's he's kind of maybe you know he's been unlucky to even be in Bellator. You know in the UFC, his 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 only losses were to 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 the now champion um, Aljamain Sterling and Pedro Munoz uh, by decisions. Uh, it was back to back, and then he won won two. Uh, one two one two against Tony Gravely and Montel Jackson before being cut and going to Bellator and losing one, and we've seen that before when people kind of leave uh, the UFC and go to another promotion where they maybe lose they they maybe lose one of their kind of uh, first fights in another promotion maybe not taking it as seriously maybe as they they should but he bounced back really well um, since then so. Yeah, I think you know this is a difficult matchup for James. Uh, I don't know. Like, I'd probably pick Brett Johns here yeah. uh, as as a, uh, you know. I think the fact as well that the the hundred and thirty five pound tournament has gone on at the moment. They don't have loads of uh, of the top talent outside of it, if you want to put it that way. And any of the top talent that is outside of it yeah. are getting matched together. Even you see the lads in in the fights, the qualifying fights to get into it after Sergio and someone else fell out as well. They've been top quality fights. Like that hundred and thirty five pound division is unbelievable. So um, you know, Brett he actually just got married this weekend, so congratulations to him. But James is coming back from injury as well. It's a massive fight for him. But you know what? I'm I'm glad that this fight is happening because James Gallagher needs a fight like this to prove himself, if you want to put it that way. And not to say James has anything to prove or anything like that, but he has to prove that he is a top fighter at the, at the very, very top of that division. He's ranked right up there, so he should be taking fights like this against guys who are right up there. And if he can win this, he'll shut a lot of people up and he'll prove a lot as well. And even, you know, not necessarily just shut a lot of people up, but prove to you know the, himself what he's been saying is right and prove that he is one of the very top people in that division and you know is he we will find out because Brett Johns absolutely is he is right up there as you said he's only lost to the best to the best um and uh it's it's a massive proven fight for him and you know what a fight as well for Peter Queeley against Vincent Henderson uh, I love it and that Dan Silva fight which uh Andy Stevenson broke for Severe May as well uh, against Liam McCourt is a is another great fight for Lee I don't think Sinead is going to be on the card I don't think she'll be over that injury in time but we will wait and see maybe there'll be an announcement on, on that yet but um yeah, it's it's a it's a fucking fantastic card. There's loads of the Irish fighting as well over in that Centurion card coming up. Kiefer Crosby's on it. Um uh, Danny McCormack is on it and a few more as well. So I know I don't know if Danny will be able to turn around in time and get on the Bellator card, but I'm sure she'll be hoping that'll be the case. But uh, you know, it's a good time for Irish man. Check out the lads over as well on the uh on, on the uh, the Old Triangle podcast to uh, hear more about Irish MMA there was an IR championship card uh, tonight as well the Decky McAleenan's promotion and I believe they put on a, a great card I know um, O'Sheen Fox was on that card I think he lost but uh, he's one of the top up and coming prospects uh, uh, Gary Rooney I think was on that card as well so the lads will have the full breakdown of that and all, all the rest of Irish MMA go over and, and subscribe uh, over there um, we leave it at that Graham if you're going to bet this weekend do it at DraftKings use a promo code severe MMA if you're 
you're going to shave your balls this weekend, do it at manscaped.com and use the promo code Severe May as well. And if you've done all of that and you want to get some additional podcasts, go over to patreon.com forward slash Severe May podcast. Do you know what we've been calling it a fiver? It's actually like only like four euro 35 or something. So it's less than a fiver if you're in Ireland or in wherever you are. So, uh, I was looking the other day, someone was giving out, there was an 8 euro chicken, hot chicken roll. So you can get this for 4 euro 35 for the whole month. I think with taxes, it's probably like 5.10 or something or 5.20. That's absolutely nothing, lads. Sign up, patreon.com forward slash severe my podcast. Speaker's Corner is the best. It's a better podcast than this podcast, Graham. I'm not even going to lie. I love Speaker's Corner. It is the best MMA podcast in the world. And uh, I've no problem saying that. So you sh- you need to be listening to that every Thursday morning. It comes out well almost every Thursday morning. If it's not Thursday, it'll probably be Friday or, or, or Wednesday. But um, yeah, Grant, we believe it there. Another podcast in the books. Thanks to everyone for listening. I am Sean. That was Graham. And he's going to take you out with the inspirational quote of the week. Graham, take it away. All the lies that you make up, what's at the back of your mind? Who was that one? Who was that one for? Carlo Ancelotti, was that? Uh, that was for um, a certain, a certain oh, trial that was going on over the, over the last while. Oh, oh, you may or may not have been following. Yeah. <laughs> are you Team Johnny? You are. I'm Team Truth and Justice. <laughs> team Truth. Did you see her wiping her nose and like uh, posing for the cameras? That was, that was fucking scandalous. Yeah, I saw that. loads of it. I just, yeah. Oh my God. Due to it, were you? Yeah. Some woman, some oh, woman. But anyway, justice awful, prevailed. Awful justice prevailed. We leave it there. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you all next time. Good luck.